Let's look at a few examples. The one minute manager said, Maybe then it will be clear to you why one minute bracings work so well. I like that, said the young man. I'll start with a pigeon example and then move on to people, said the manager. Just remember, young man, people are not pigeons. People are more complicated. They are aware. They think for themselves and they certainly don't want to be manipulated by another person. Remember that and respect that. It is a key to good management. With that in mind, let us look at several simple examples which show us that we all seek what feels good to us and we avoid what feels bad to us. Suppose you have an untrained pigeon that you want to enter a box in the lower left-hand corner and run across the box to the upper right-hand corner and push a lever with his right foot. Suppose that not too far from the entry point, we have a pellet machine. That is, a machine that can release pellets of food to reward and reinforce the pigeon. What do you think is going to happen if we put the pigeon in the box and wait until the pigeon runs over to the upper right-hand corner and pushes the lever with his right foot before we give him any food? Asked the one-minute manager. He was starved to death, responded the young man. You're right, we're going to lose a lot of pigeons. The pigeon is going to starve to death because he doesn't have any idea what he is supposed to do. Now, it's actually not too hard to train a pigeon to do this task. All you have to do is to draw a line not too far from where the pigeon enters the box. If the pigeon enters the box and crosses the line, bang, the pedal machine goes off and the pigeon gets fed. Pretty soon you have the pigeon running to that spot. You don't want the pigeon there. Where do you want the pigeon? In the upper right-hand corner of the box, said the young man. Right, the one-minute manager confirmed. Therefore, after a while, you stop rewarding the pigeon for running to that spot and draw another line which isn't too far from the last line, but is in the direction of the goal, the upper right-hand corner of the box. Now, the pigeon starts running around his old spot and doesn't get fed. Pretty soon though, the pigeon makes it across the new line and bang! The machine goes off again and the pigeon gets fed. Then you draw another line. Again, this line has to be in the direction of the goal, but not too far away that the pigeon can't make it again. We keep setting up these lines closer and closer to the upper right-hand corner of the box until we won't feed the pigeon unless he hits the lever and then finally only when he hits the lever with his right foot. Why do you set up all these little goals? Wondered the young man. By setting up these series of lines, we are establishing goals that the pigeon can achieve. So the key to training someone to do a new task is, in the beginning, to catch them doing something approximately right until they can eventually learn to do it exactly right. We use this concept all the time with kids and animals, but we somehow forget it when we are dealing with big people, adults. For example, at some of these sea aquariums you see around the country, they usually end the show by having a huge whale jump over a rope which is high above the water. When the whale comes down, he trenches the first 10 rows. The people leave that show mumbling to themselves, that's unbelievable, how do they teach that whale to do that? Do you think they go out in the ocean in a boat? The manager asked, and put up a rope over the water and yell up up until the whale jumps out of the water over the rope? 
and then say, hey, let's hire him. He's a real winner. No, laughed the young man. I really would be hiring a winner. The two men enjoyed the laugh they shared. You're right, the manager said. When they captured the whale, he knew nothing about jumping over ropes. So when they began to train him in the large pool, where do you think they started the rope? At the bottom of the pool, answered the young man. Of course, responded the manager. Every time the whale swam over the rope, which was every time he swam past, he got fed. Soon, they raised the rope a little. If the whale swam under the rope, he didn't get fed during training. Whenever he swam over the rope, he got fed. So after a while, the whale started swimming over the rope all of the time. Then they started raising the rope a little higher. Why did they raise the rope? said the young man. First, the manager began. Because they were clear on the goal, to have the whale jump high out of the water and over the rope. And second, the one-minute manager pointed out, it's not very exciting for a show and for a trainer to say, folks, the whale did it again. Everybody may be looking in the water, but they can see anything. Over a period of time, they keep on raising the rope until they finally get it to the surface of the water. Now, the great whale knows that in order to get fed, he has to jump partially out of the water and over the rope. As soon as that goal is reached, they can start raising the rope higher and higher out of the water. So that's how they do it, the young man said. Well, I can understand now how using that method works with animals, but isn't it a bit much to use it with people? No, it's very natural in fact, the manager said. We all do essentially the same thing with the children we care for. How do you think you teach them to walk? Can you imagine standing a child up and saying, walk? And when he falls down, you pick him up and spank him and say, I told you to walk. No, you stand the child up and the first day he wobbles a little bit. And you get all excited and say, he stood, he stood. And you hug and kiss the child. The next day he stands for a moment and maybe wobbles a step and you are all over him with kisses and hugs. Finally, the child, realizing that this is a pretty good deal, starts to wobble his legs more and more until he eventually walks. The same thing goes for teaching a child to speak. Suppose you wanted a child to say, Give me a glass of water, please. If you waited until the child said the whole sentence before you gave her any water, the child would die of thirst. So you start off by saying, Water? Water? All of a sudden, one day the child says, Waller. You jump all over the place, hug and kiss the child, get grandmother on the phone so the child can say, Waller, Waller. That wasn't water, but it was close. Now, you don't want a kid going into a restaurant at the age of 21 asking for a glass of Waller, so after a while you only accept the water of the word, and then you begin on please. These examples illustrate that the most important thing in training somebody to become a winner is to catch them doing something right, in the beginning approximately right, and gradually moving them towards the desired behavior. With a winner, you don't have to catch them doing things right very often because good performers catch themselves doing things right and are able to be self-reinforcing.
Is that why you observe new people a lot in the beginning? As the young man. Or when your more experienced people are starting a new project? Yes, the one minute manager said. Most managers wait until their people do something exactly right before they praise them. As a result, many people never get to become high performers because their managers concentrate on catching them doing things wrong. That is, anything that falls short of the final desired performance. In our pigeon example, it would be like putting the pigeon in the box and not only waiting until he hits the lever to give him any food, but putting some electric rails around the box to punish him periodically, just to give or get him or keep him motivated. That doesn't sound like it. it would be very effective, the young man suggested. <laughs>